The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 25th, 2018, season 14, episode number 47. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com and here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It is a Tuesday. It's Big Picture Tuesday. We're going to take a big picture look at this team, your Dallas Cowboys, and uh, give you guys kind of our thoughts on where this team sits right now through three games. Um, and hopefully we'll have something that we can tell you that uh, gives you hope. God, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say at that point. No, on that. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, hope for what? Hope. Well, playoffs. I guess that's a good good playoffs. way to look at it. Yes, I mean, for like playoffs. I mean, hope for what? They're going to go out and score points, play, win games. Yeah, win enough. All that stuff. Go to the Super Bowl. Something that'll make fans a I little mean, happier. The thing is, is that. You know, you you look around the league and, and you're like, wow, one and two, one and two. I mean, there's probably a couple of one and two teams, maybe a few that are going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's so early right now. The whole league is turned upside down. You really don't know what to expect. I mean, in the second quarter, everybody was tweeting about how this is tragic, like fits tragic. And the next thing you know, you're like, okay, this guy's not bad. Like he's not losing his job. I mean, everything changes in a quarter or two. So it's still early in the season. It is, and I I was talking about that yesterday. Like, you know, the Seahawks have the same record as the Cowboys, but they probably feel a lot better about it than the Cowboys do. Having said that, it's it's just it's the trend. I mean, you know, yeah. I looked it up yesterday. This is 13.7 points per game over the first three games to start a season is as bad as it's been since 1990 for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my gosh, 1990? It's the lowest scoring average to open a season in the first three games since 1990. That team went 7-9. and nine. Worse than that, they averaged 9.3 the year before that when they went 1-15. and 15. Uh, And every team that's even been close to scoring that few points has been pretty bad. Um, the mid, you know, the, the 2012 team, first three games was 15.7 points. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And then there were some teams in the early 2000s, you know, the Campo years when they weren't good. Like, yeah, we saw that. It's early. It's definitely early. And things can definitely change. But the trend over three weeks is very bad. I don't well, so much feeling great that. about well, this. Well, no, because and I'm not. I'm, I'm being facetious, Here's, but I I said this too, though. I mean, it's a it's a 17 week season. It's never like it never stays the same as it's supposed to for good or bad. I yeah. mean, 2016 they sucked for a month. Remember that the, the Vikings game, the second Giants game, like they forgot how to play offense for a month. Last year they had their ups and downs. They looked like the best offense in the league for a month. They looked terrible. Like. It's going to change. It will be better at some point this season. I guarantee you that. Who knows how long it'll last, but NFL season is a steadily evolving thing. It's not set in week three. Here's the thing that I wanted to talk about today. Um, earlier this morning, Jerry Jones had his weekly uh, call with the guys over at the fan, um, and one of the questions he was asked was about whether he's ready to push the panic button, and his response was, I like our players. I like our coaching staff. I think your question is, have I hit the panic button? The answer is no. My question for you guys, are you ready to panic yet? And should fans panic yet based upon what they've seen so far and okay. the possibilities of them being what, better this season? What does panic mean? Whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, but think about it. Let's really break down. What if Jerry was hitting the panic button? What does that mean, though? 
panic button means like some kind of tragic situation. We got to get the hell out of here or something. I mean, it's time to evacuate. But what does the panic button mean to this team? Fire you, the coach. Are you worried about? It? I mean, are you worried that they are going to be what he we've seen so far? He is worried about his football team. He's got to be worried about his football team because his offense can't score, and and they haven't been able to score since last year. And the backup behind the quarterback looked horrible in the preseason. So there's no recourse there. There's no changing. There's no Fitzpatrick there. So yeah, he's worried about the offense. There's no doubt. He's he's got to be panic button though. I mean, I don't know what that really means other than than firing people or having them change their their jobs. I think the point of the question, whether it was the right wording or not, yeah. the point of the question is: Are you worried that what you've seen so far? is the trend and that's what you should expect from your team for the rest of the season and if it is you should be panicked you should be worried so the question is if what is but, what you've seen is that an aberration or is that what you're going to expect to see I, I still and i'm going to go back to what dave actually wrote on the board up there you wrote you know just to, the story that you wrote already yeah. you said jerry changes yeah that's what i think you're saying is is that to the point where you need to make changes and i don't know what changes you can really make and i'm sure people have just said to themselves well i know what you can do you can fire this guy and this guy and this guy from the coaching staff or whatever but i'm just saying that's i think what he's really saying is are you ready to make a change ironically right? isn't that what panic button means I, that's not how I took it, but you can take it however you, it, well, that's the way you well, want to take it. I, 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 that's, that, I think that's kind of do some different conversation, but I think that's good. That's a good I, conversation to have. I kind of agree with where Nick's going with this, uh -huh. though, is what what is your recourse? Like, if you're hitting the panic button, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you firing the head coach in week three? Even, even as the, the biggest Jason Garrett hater on the planet would eventually agree that that's a little ludicrous. Like week three, one and two, even as, I mean, nobody gets fired week three. What maybe, about changing maybe. the play caller? Is it yeah, no, I mean, you could do that. Jerry said he doesn't want to do that either. And that I actually, I I can make an argument for that. Actually, in a, I said actually like three times right there. <laughs> Good. Um, a very ironic bit of timing. Uh, the New York Jets are doing that. Todd Bowles is taking some play calling away from his OC. Uh, after they lost to the Browns the other night. Defensive guy? Yeah, which, interesting. hey, uh, you know, Wait. I think you said this, or maybe Brian said Brian this. Brian said like, this, yeah. When your ass is on the line, who can, like, you might never have called an offense in your life. You're like, I'm going to. Well, I'm going to have something to say. If about I'm going down, I'm, I'm going, going down, down yeah. with my 100%. My way. Oh, man. I don't, it, the way I read it is that he's not just going to be the play caller, but he's going to have more input than he did. He only have 40 seconds to make a call. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> A little bit of inside joke there. You saying Todd Bowles is kind of a slow, um, slow delivering man, guy. Man, we're gonna we, we're gonna run the ball, man. We're gonna run it here. I think you want, get, what's that uh, urgency is not his thing. He's just cool. He's just the cool cat. I Let get me him. get bang right trips left uh, double Y option on Cro <laughs> Isaiah. I mean, get Isaiah Crowell in there. I guess uh, or no, but I mean, McNeil or somebody. It's it's never. If you are panicked, it's never too early to hit that button. I guess you know what I mean. Um, I get my thing is like what what is drastically going to change if Jason Garrett's the one calling the plays instead of Scott Linehan? Like, is the playbook or the philosophy just going to be drastically different? And that's no. Go ahead. You look like you got no, something. Well, to say. Well, the only thing I was going to say is I do think there's a big difference. You can have the same playbook. The way a game is called though can be drastically different. And in an offense like this one, where in my opinion you saw a stark contrast in how effective they were in moving the ball in that first quarter of game two versus pretty much the rest of this season. 
And in, and in my opinion, it was it was for no other reason than the fact that the way they call those plays, the way they put those plays together in succession gave them better opportunities to be effective. And I think I think there's something to that. There's something to developing a rhythm because a rhythm is all about making successful plays and, as you guys don't want to hear, staying ahead of the chains, right? That's all about the rhythm of the offense. And to me, play calling has everything to do with that and two different guys' perspective on how they – like if you throw me into a booth to call plays in an NFL game, it's probably not going to go very well, yeah. right? Compared to even Scott Linhan or whoever. Anybody that's doing that professionally is going to have a better handle on how you put plays together in succession in the same playbook to be able to know exactly how to get your offense moving. And now I'm worried that I misspoke because, to be clear, I don't think the Cowboys' play calling is great by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't have a ton of confidence that it's going to be a lot better. You don't expect here, that Garrett's better than Linehan not appreciably. Not in some type of noticeable way. Well, not really. Here, here's what I think is, is part of the problem, too. It's one thing to to scheme it up for the week. You know, you get you install the game plan, and, and you're throwing it out there, and you've got all week. And I don't know if they script the first 10 plays. I've never understood that. I don't even believe that. You script the first. What happens if you get an 80-yard run? on the? I mean, I don't like scripting the plays. But I'm just saying you have an idea of what you're trying to do. The problem I see is the Cowboys have been outscored 27-3 to in the second quarter. So whatever they're doing, let's throw it deep to Tavon. Let's try this. Let's try that. That's cool, and it works. But then you start getting in the flow of the game, second quarter, and adjustments. And now it's back to, like, uh, what do we do now? And then they become predictable and they get stopped. I mean, not till they regroup in the third quarter or, or they find themselves down by three scores and they got to hurry back. But at the second quarter, that's when the flow of the game's going on. Get a feel for the game. And that's not working well. And that's what I think maybe a different play caller maybe, maybe can mix it up there. I don't know. Try something. This isn't three games, though. And then Dave would be the first one to say it. This has been about, seven, about, eight uh, games. Maybe as many as 11. 11 yeah. games. Since that awesome Kansas City win, it's been bad. You know, and, and a lot Real of bad. there's been some factors for that. I mean, historically but, bad. I mean, but the thing is, is that, yeah, Tyron Smith was hurt, Zeke was out, and all that. But the, the Dak that we saw in that game, we saw Dak, and he was running for his life, and he was really gunshot. But from that game, even though he's got his left tackle back, even though he didn't play that well, he's got his running back back. Um, even though the defense is better, he still looks like the Dak that was in Atlanta. That's, and that's been that's the problem I, to me. I hate to do it because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is probably going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's fair to compare him to Dak, but at the same time, didn't have the left side of his offensive line last night, doesn't have a Le'Veon Bell, and he's just bombing away against – not a great Tampa defense, but a two and zero Tampa defense. Oh, and, I, and I'm sorry, real yeah, quick. I'm just going. I'm not asking Dak to be Ben Roethlisberger and have 180 yards at the halfway point of the second quarter. But like, if you can't, if you can't consistently move it and you know top up over, I just need you to get over 200 yards, man. I get you. I but here here's the difference. And I and I looked at at what Pittsburgh was doing, and their philosophy is. I mean, think about it. they have they've had the best receiver in the game now for what three years. I mean, him and Odell or Julio, they're all right there. You can say what you want. Fantasy-wise, of course, sure, AB is great. And he is he's amazing. But they haven't stopped, though. They get Juju Schuster. What, what round? Juju Smith-Schuster, Smith second, second round. Juju, second round. Juju. Then, then what? They get James, James Washington, Washington. Yeah. second round. They trade for Ryan Switzer, who scored a touchdown, made a really nice catch in that game. Mm -hmm. um, they, they've added a lot of guys, and then they keep – 
you know, you would think, well, I mean, you have A.B. I mean, they you take A.B. out, and their receivers are still better than the Cowboys right now. Easily. 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 And better than a lot of teams. Yep. So I'm just saying, down the field, uh, sure. that's great. They've got the speed to do it. Um, are we going to talk about that game, though, at all? In, in a way sure, to, we can. I, I mean, there's really only one thing to talk about in that game. It seems like everyone's, and it comes on the heels of what happened with the Tyrone Crawford. I mean, this, oh, is, the get, flag. this is getting this is getting you know. But honestly, I don't know what's I don't know. The problem is, I don't know that that's going to change. I don't. I think the NFL has has now basically drawn the line in the sand, and there the expectation, at least in my opinion, is unless there is an all-out mutiny. And what I mean by that is fans actually stop watching the game because, and it's a noticeable change. If fans stop watching, no, actually, ratings are up this year, ratings and that's a part of the thing. Is this decision, in my opinion, was all about. Who drives the most ratings in in the minds of the people that are making decisions? And I think they believe, the quarterbacks do, because I That's think true. they believe they are the names of the game. And so they are going to do everything they can to keep those guys from being injured because that affects ratings you're at saying, the end of the day. And, and you make a good point. You're saying that, let's say, on the other hand, that the 49ers defense has been called for eight penalties and their fans are upset about it or whatever – that won't get them to stop watching the game like if they lost their quarterback out for the season. There you go. And now there's t- season tanks, and they're like, who's the backup? There you it's C.J. Beathard. When, when you like got that. Aaron Rodgers sitting on the sideline last year because a guy tackles him and falls on top of him, mm-hmm. the NFL looks at that and says, that's bad for ratings. That's bad for business. If a guy as good as Aaron Rodgers that's going to be on our highlights every single week, and he is a name that people know and people love to watch him play, myself included, if he's not playing for eight weeks of an NFL season when you only have 16 games, that's a miss. So everything they can do to keep that guy healthy, they're going to do it because it's good for business. I hear you. Although, you know, you mentioned Jerry's interview on the fan this morning. Uh, it was a long answer, and I think that's probably why it's not getting more traction. I mean, geez, this thing is like 300 words long. But, uh, you know, what we would all agree Jerry's one of the three or four most powerful people in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He says... When it comes to pro football, to use a boxing term, that's when you put the six-ounce gloves on. That's when you don't want to fight with those 10-ounce gloves or you don't want to fight with those headgears. Everybody's being really paid to go out, and you're paid a lot of money to go out and incur those types of situations that have more risks in them. It's real important that pro football distinguish itself as a very physical game relative to the game at college, relative to the game at the high school and amateur level. How to find that balance, that's one thing. But when we get to a point in the future in time, you'll see pro pro football where they've put the six-ounce gloves on and where the men are playing. So, I mean, yeah. that's the only half of the answer. It was very long. But Jerry basically saying, like, yeah, like pro football is supposed to be a physical, hard game. I mean, reading between the lines, I don't think he's really happy about yeah. these flags and either. Th- but that's the thing. Well, Obviously, there is a committee there, okay, and yeah. I think that includes guys like Troy Vincent and those guys who are making these decisions and, and whatever decision is being made, they've made the decision. They're willing to protect the quarterback at the extent of the defensive guys. You know, they don't care as much there as they do about the quarterback. Here's what I, I, and I hate this rule. This is the worst rule in my opinion, in all of football. And you know where I'm going with this probably, because I've said it for years. I don't understand how hypocritical the league is at times. And I think it is. And and we'll talk about, you know, in, concussion protocol and all that but then they play Thursday night you cannot touch the quarterback in the head you can't you can't hit him in the head if you're a defensive lineman you cannot put your hand in an offensive lineman's face and drive him back however if you're Vance McDonald and you can get the ball 
you can club a defensive guy straight in the face. Yep. Twice. Funny though. It was awesome. But yeah, it is it. It's but, awesome. But that's also but, why I love but football. Why, yeah, I like what if physical. he has a head injury? Yeah. Does does his helmet not does it not hurt anymore because you have a ball and you hit him a, like is he okay now because of that? Like that doesn't make sense to me. If you can't hit in the head, you can't hit in the head. That's the crap that I, I think is is a is a problem. And that's why defensive players should be mad. And they're oh. going to get into this body weight thing when a safety is going to put his body weight on Cam Newton, even though he weighs 400 pounds more than him. I, you know, I, I think I said it yesterday. I don't know if proud's the right word, but I was just I was impressed by Tyrone Crawford's willingness to kind of come yeah. out and crap on it, basically, because it's crap in my opinion. Um, another thing worth noting about that: uh, Judy P- Batista, longtime NFL writer for the New York Times. I think she's with NFL now, but. Uh, the competition committee is having a call about this. Like, there, I mean, there's a lot of unhappy people about it. I don't think – I don't. she said it doesn't seem likely they can drastically change it this season. But they but, can stop calling it. I mean, that's the thing. You could stop You can stop know. emphasizing it to, with your your referees, right? I, I will be surprised if it stays I, like this for all 17 I, weeks. I, I think there is I a clarification that, that you can make there. I really do. And, and I think it's one thing to drive a guy down. It's another thing to pick him up by his legs off the ground and then deliver him to the ground. Now, Romo had three uh, broken collarbone injuries in his career. Something like that. Three. And I'm trying to think if I can rem- remember them. The, the second one, the one in Philly in 2015, now that would have been a penalty, right, in today's game. I mean, if I yes. remember driving him in, and I think the first one against the Giants back in 2010, I think that was the case. Carolina is a little different story. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know if he gets a penalty there, but um, not that it, none of it matters. I mean, but but I'm just saying, you go back and see. I guess over the course of year, you know that that body weight has been some, you know, had some injuries, but maybe there's a way to say, okay, you, you tackle the guy to the ground, but maybe you're not lifting him up and. But even at that, I don't know. My thing still comes back to how else are you going to take down? Ben Roethlisberger. How else are you going to take down Cam Newton? These are big. These are not just your average quarterback. These are big quarterbacks that are really strong, heavy. How If you're not going to tackle them by basically grabbing them by their legs and lifting up, well, how are you going to take them down? Because you're forced hitting them, a cornerback or a safety that's coming in to try to hit that quarterback, you're not going to take him down by just brute force. You're going to have to actually get leverage. And leverage means grabbing their legs, lifting to actually take their legs we're, away from them. We're getting so close to having like a, a training camp situation where like if you hit the quarterback, red, red shirts with if the quarterbacks. you hit the quarterback, he's down. Now now how good is Cam Newton? And Changes Russell everything. Wilson and yeah. Dak Changes and all everything. those guys. And I, that's my point is there, I just but. think I think the, the game has gotten to a point now with this particular call there, where it's become completely this um, isn't new. It, it, Sorry. Well, what what Vince what was Vince Young's best year? I can't remember. Five, 2005. Rookie year? Four, six. It, okay, back then, Seven. 2004 or five, I remember they were playing the Giants in a game, and I think his name was Kiwanuka. Remember him? Yeah, I remember from the Giants. There was a play where he did that. He came off the edge, and he had him wrapped up, and then he kind of let him go. And then Vince scrambled out and got a really big play in the game. I think they won the game. And it was just because he was afraid to tackle him like that. Yeah. And So that, that was go- that's been going on for 14 years or so. But you get players like that, you don't know. Now Tyrone's not going to know how to hit a guy. Yeah. And it's, 
It's it's frustrating. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, I have some other big picture questions from these guys that include things like Des Bryant and whether the Cowboys made the right decision with him and whether you think Dak Prescott is the quarterback for the Cowboys moving forward into the future. Not this year, but into the future. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. The first annual Restaurant Week is coming to the Star in Frisco. Enjoy special lunch and dinner menus from a variety of unique restaurants while raising money for the North Texas Food Bank. Don't miss the Star Restaurant Week. It's really two weeks. It's now through October 14th. Visit thestarinfrisco.com for more details. It's a good place. Go out there. A lot of good options out there at the Star. What's your favorite, Dave? Oh, I'm a big Me Casino fan. I'm a fan of that as well. But but I mean places that you really haven't heard of as well. Some there's um, Tri Tip. That's a like barbecue type ish yep. place. Sushi Marquee is really good. Sushi Marquee is really good. Liberty Burger. I'm a fan of Concrete Cowboy. Yeah. I think their food's really their good. food is. Speaking of Concrete Cowboy, tonight at six o'clock there, there will be the happy hour. I, I just the food's delicious. I, I love never food. I, I like never concrete. thought of the food at Concrete Cowboy before. But it's good. But it's pretty good. It's nah, really good. Exactly. Go out there and dance and no, Friday night. No. Dance no. on table. You know, the funny thing is, I had a Concrete Cowboy story when I was uh, it was maybe four or five months ago. I had some friends of mine, and we decided we were going out. Like, we never go out. But I mean, these are all middle-aged guys with wives and children. So we just decided one night we were going out. So we decided we were going to go out. We went out and had dinner. Uh, and they were like, well, we don't want to go home. We're going to go have some drinks somewhere. And somebody said, well, why don't we go over to the Star and go to Concrete Cowboy? I'm like, eh, that's fine. I've heard good things about it. We go in there. <laughs> was Liddy? <laughs> Let me just say, was at, it one Liddy? Point, at one point, there was a table full of people dancing on the table. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's the scene we got. I, I have not it been. Was, you, 
Did you go up and talk to Dave, or did you? <laughs> you don't know me at all, man. No. It, yeah. There we yeah. go. There we go. Hey, I had there a very similar story, just with hanging out with one guy. Tried to go to Concrete Cowboy like 1.30 in the morning. He's wearing like Nike dry fit stuff, and they're like, nah, n- not happening. Yeah, so with the sushi it, marquee. Good, no, good it was stuff. it was it was a club. It was it oh. was this was a late night Saturday. I think it was like a Saturday night. That Friday is night, Saturday that night. is not my scene. The but. people from Virginia right now that are listening are like, I'm not going up there. Just talk about the offense. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Let's go. That's okay though. That's okay. They can. But if you're just... close, come to the star. There you go. Especially right. if you're going to go to the game like this weekend or something like that. And you want to. Come over here. You can, there's some things to do. I had four big picture questions that I was going to ask you guys. We took so long in the first segment. I don't know that I'm going to get to all four. And I kind of have a feeling this next one might take us most of the rest of the show. But we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, no, actually, I was going to save that one because that's going to be a whole show unto itself, I think. Okay. Um, but it, there's, I think that all of this happening with the offense, um, it begs the question did the Cowboys make the right decision with regards to its wide receiver position? And I think there's a lot of ways you can take this, and I'd love to hear your opinions. I think you can take it from the standpoint of did they make the right decision with Dez? Did they make the right decision in free agency? Should they have gone off after a guy like Watkins, who it was rumored that they were trying to go and get? Should they have maybe been willing to spend more money to get him? Should they have evaluated it differently in the draft and maybe draft, as Dave told me this morning, every wide receiver in the draft, including Calvin Ridley, was available to them in the first round? Should they have maybe considered making that first round pick a wide receiver? Um, have they misevaluated what they can do with the wide receiver position, knowing what you have at quarterback and how he has played? Do, does he need a number one wide receiver, a difference-making wide receiver, or are they still okay with the strategy they have now? You want to jump on this first? I'll start. I think, um, you know, my stance on Ridley when I watch what he's done, and I've heard people will tweet, you know, wow, why did the Cowboys do that? I I don't think it matters because I don't think Ridley is, first of all, he's not, you know, he wouldn't be opposite of somebody like Julio Jones over here. And he wouldn't have a a Matt Ryan-type quarterback throwing him the ball. Um I, I, don't, I think it's a totally different situation. They have a better overall offense, hands down. So, and a lot of receivers you can, you can make that case for. I think it does stem back to the quarterback. I, I don't know if a number one receiver – I mean, he, he'd help. He'd help, you know, for sure. But, you know, I think that they looked at it like they, they had a chance to, to kind of help some other things and get some, you know, re- good quality route-running receivers. But – that's not working. Like that, that's not. It's not working right now. But I still think that they need to to throw the ball deep more. And you know what? I was going to ask you a question yesterday. I forgot to do this. You were in Dak um, press conference after yeah. the game. Yeah. And if you just if you just listen to it, not a big deal. But if you put it out on Trent, you know, like just put it out on paper and look at a quote. The throwing deep quote. He, he says, "I'm still shocked it didn't blow up." Me either, honestly. because if you just if you just put it like on Instagram and just put the quote and says, "We need to throw the ball down the field more. We need to take more shots down the field." Mm-hmm. He says that. I mean, he he kind of. I think everyone was kind of surprised at what he was looking like. I mean, he was a little different, <laughs> different post game attire and you know hat all down and stuff like that. It just looked different. He said that and. Not only did he say, he said, said twice. he was like, it's not that they're taking it away. It's just that we haven't tried it well, enough. Well, but here's my you thing. haven't tried it enough. He and could I have was... easily said, we just haven't tried it. But here's it. the yeah. follow-up question to that. 
who's who's at fault for that? Is it that it's not being called? It goes back is it to not your the play caller thing. But they're yeah. not but, but no, running that's, down the field. No, that's my question. Is is it not being called, or is it that Dak feels like when he says we, he includes, includes himself in that, but, and he's not taking those shots? Because we've seen some of that earlier in. Like I know that that play that he had where he had um, Swaim open down the field in the end zone. Like he didn't take that. He didn't pull the trigger on, it, and he had yeah. a guy open. So is it partially him, or is it? Partially but, the but think about calling. 50 yards, and, and that was like 25-yard line. He's he's vertical down there. But I'm talking about down the field, deep balls. We don't even see them running like, oh, man, there he is. Like he was running down there, and he had him. He, there's, they did the last game, and it worked once out of the three times. Giants? Yeah. yeah, I know. But I'm saying last week, it's not like you saw these verticals yeah, that you. he didn't. Ah, uh, he could have gone to Gallup there, but he didn't. Like. Just, they're not being called. I'll steal a line from Garrett. Well, and no verticals that How go doing, for guys? sixty yards. No, but I think Garrett said it like three times yesterday. Like every every play they call has a a deep route, an intermediate route, That's and kind a of check down route. Yes. Uh, the, the, and so you know, I know the it's making the rounds on Twitter. Like his throw to Zeke that Zeke dropped. Cole Beasley was probably open, like, further down the field. It's hard to tell from, like, screen grabs. Like, he probably could have gotten it to him, but he had Zeke with a step on the linebacker way easier. So I don't fault him for that. Certainly, certainly they're not throwing it down the field enough. But, again, I go back to, you know, the Tavon play was nice. Like, I don't I don't think Dak's going to win just consistently chunking those types of balls. But they got to be able to go deep again not deep but more than 10 yards but, down the field but if he does it more if Tavon runs by a guy he can run by a guy on any play if he runs by a guy once a quarter then in the third quarter when he does a stop route at the you know after 10 yards he's probably wide open there's no doubt that so defenses and I mean, we we saw this coming even when we were optimistic about these wide receivers Gary Brown said it back in May is like Gonna be a lot of stack boxes. There's gonna be a lot of defenders near the line of scrimmage until these receivers can prove that they don't that they can't be there, which hadn't been the case so far. Which uh-huh. to your point, which I don't have a good answer to be honest with I don't you. Either. Like I don't think this offense would look remotely different with Des Bryant in it. Honestly, I agree. I, I don't think it would. He might have more yards. He he'd certainly have more targets. Um, I I don't think it would look different or better. Uh, well, the fact is, we saw it last year it, the, when the, when they started this. As you were saying, it was what's nine or ten games where the offense has been kind of anemic. He was a part of that last year. For most of those games, he was a part of that. So yeah, I don't think which, this is something where we didn't get a chance to see Des, and we just all of a sudden assumed he couldn't that he wasn't going to make a difference. Let, I, but let me say this part about Des, and and I I don't think they you know I think they probably did the right thing, and they don't need to go get him back and all that stuff. But, you know, it wasn't like this was late December in the Giants game where he had some drops, but he also made a slant over the middle, told the, you know, told the guy to get off me yeah. and went 50 yards for a touchdown. I mean, you would, you would die for a play like that right now where a guy could make a play, break a tackle, have the speed to do that. Tavon's not breaking any tackles. We we saw that in the open field. I mean, yeah. he, that's he'll get not, away from a guy. That's, that's not going to happen. He did the same thing against Seattle last Christmas that Michael Gallup did last week. Difference uh, meaning dropped an easy ball that should have been a first down and was an interception instead. It's true. Uh, but didn't come back with the fifty. <laughs> his cap hit was is way bigger than Michael Gallup's, which yeah. I I love Des. I. I don't necessarily know that they needed to or should have cut him, but I don't think he would be making a big difference right now. And that same I, thing, I agree with that. Which I don't like what I'm about to say. Like I don't think Calvin Ridley and or DJ Moore would be making a drastic difference here. And I'm not, 
these receivers aren't just like wide open and Dak is missing them, but like it's, it comes down to quarterback play, in my opinion. I think you could probably be doing the job well enough with better quarterback play, in my opinion. Um, which the one thing I will give, I'm I'm so glad Sammy Watkins isn't on this team, eating up sixteen million dollars in salary and finishing with three catches for thirty yards. Like, thank God they didn't do that. Because their quarterback will sling it if he's open. Oh God, he would have found him. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Sorry. we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back and uh, then I will ask that question. I guess I will ask the question: Is Dak the quarterback, or should he be the quarterback the Cowboys rely on in the future, based on what you've seen through this point of his career? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Back to the break. Well, I think we've already heard two commercials for Jack Black on this show, but I'll make it real quick. Uh, It's just a quality, quality product, guys. I've been using it since training camp. They gave us a whole boatload of it. I had it in my shower today. I've already mentioned it. The charcoal soap exfoliates my skin, makes me feel like a million dollars. Got some face uh, cleanser and a beard lube and they'll, they'll get you right. Like if it is a skincare product, they make it. And I've been using it for six weeks and I think it's all awesome. I couldn't recommend it enough. Get Jack black.com. It's good stuff. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Yeah. I use it this morning too. It's great stuff. All right, let's get back into it. Um, we've been talking a lot about a lot of things on this team. We've talked loosely about the quarterback, but now I want to ask you guys a very pointed question based on what you've seen from Dak Prescott um, over the course of his career? Because I don't think you can just take the last 10 games. you got to think about that first year when he did some pretty amazing things. Do you think right now, based upon what you know, that Dak Prescott is the guy 
that will be the quarterback of the future for the Cowboys or should be the quarterback of the future for the Cowboys? Or do you think the Cowboys need to start looking at other options, even if that means you get to the end of the season, you're looking in the draft, you're looking in free agency? Well, I think these next, um, you know, 13 games or whatever, and, and they're going to be 13 games probably for him because it's not like you've got a backup option that you're going to go to. You, I don't I don't see that happening yeah. at all. Uh, if they had a veteran guy in here, I think we would be talking about it a little bit. If they had a veteran, and that might you think be, that might be the reason why they yeah, didn't might be have one a veteran? of the reasons we don't have one, honestly. Maybe. But anyways, I I think as w- what we know right now, um, he's got to be better than this. He's got to his arrow's got to go up. To, for him to be the quarterback of the future. He's got to show us more than he's shown. Because if it's just like this, up, down, up, down, up, down, and it ends with this season, I think the Cowboys are going to draft the quarterback in the draft. I mean, I, I, I 100% believe that. Now, he's going to have to be better than that. He's going to have to show us, oh, look at that, look at that. He can play better, and maybe he runs the ball better and all that stuff. But as what we've seen right now, I think if it continues, I think they get a new quarterback next year. That's the beauty of it, is, which I, I answered a tweet about this this morning, is – this is a hot take society. Like everybody, like, you know, you're supposed to have a firm opinion on this. I don't have to. And that's what I said this summer when I said Dak Prescott has more pressure on him than anybody in this organization right now. And did, I mean, has from the beginning because if Jason Garrett gets fired, he's going to fall back on a ton of money that he already got and he can have a job in the NFL a week later doing something. Dak Prescott, this is the dividing line between. Are you a guy who had a great year and we talk about you five years from now the way we talk about RG3, or are you going to be the face of a franchise? Like, that's what this season's all about. And that's a huge disparity. It is trending one way right now, but we got 13 more games to figure it out. And I think about, I think, I think about 2015 and even in 2016, you had an aging, you know, all pro caliber quarterback in Tony Romo, which he was your. He was your guy. He gets hurt, and you're just scrambling. You're like, we got to find a way to stay afloat. You remember 2015? We got to find a way to we, if we can go 500 when Tony gets back. If if you know, it sounds ridiculous now, but in 2016, like if Dak can do the job until Tony gets back, we'll be fine. Obviously, it went way better than anybody expected, and and led us down this road that we're on right now. But this isn't that team. This team is a blank slate, with the exception of Sean Lee. Your whole defense is more or less in place. I can't imagine the Cowboys are going to let Demarcus Lawrence get away from him the way he's starting this season out. Your defense is in place for the foreseeable future. Your offensive line, as shaky as they've been, is in place for the foreseeable future. Quarterback's a blank slate. You going to try to bench Dak Prescott right now and, you know, and scramble for worse quarterback play or are you going to let this thing play out and figure out if you've got a real quarterback, which I know that's not what a fan wants to hear who like, you know, you want to be able to talk crap to your coworkers on Monday and you want that great feeling of winning. But if you pull back and look at this in the big picture, that's what's important is figuring out if Dak Prescott is your guy. And that's what these next 13 weeks are for. If he's, you know, if he doesn't have it and the Cowboys are terrible, it it's not going to be a fun season, but you will have a clear answer, you know, by December 30th of what you need to do. If he climbs out of this and is you know back to being the guy that we saw in 2016 and this team wins 10 11 games uh it's a different conversation but i i don't know right now but we will know and you know it'll be interesting how he plays is there a new coach here in january not saying there will be but if there is his input will matter he's still under contract for a year it's not like you have to get rid of the guy uh, you could bring a whole new guy in here and he could revamp his career the way Sean McVay did for Jared Goff. Um, 
but that I view this as a 13 week audition to figure out if Dak Prescott is worthy of a $100 million investment. Basically, I'm, I'm going to take you down an offshoot. You said your offensive lines in place here for the foreseeable future. Are it, you at all? Wait, are you at all concerned about that? Because I think we all coming into this year felt like number one, the offensive line is the best unit they had on this team. And number two, you had them for a long time. You take Frederick out of the mix and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they're not looking like the offensive line we've been used to seeing the last couple of years. Are you now concerned about the statement that they're the best unit that you have? And number two, they're in place for the foreseeable future. I don't want to hear another word about them being vaunted or highly touted until they start playing better. Yeah, no. How could you not be concerned? Tyron Smith is, I think this is his eighth year. I mean, like he's ancient by NFL standards and, you but know, not necessarily by offensive lineman standards, right? No, no. And I don't think Tyron Smith's a bad player. I don't think this offensive line is a bad line. There's no doubt it has dipped. Um, it is something you should be worried about. I mean, you know, it's not his fault, but you don't know what Travis Frederick is or will be in the future. Um, Lyle Collins, I've been his biggest defender. He has not played like the guy that I insisted he was in the second half of last year. It's definitely something to watch. It is still a functioning and competent offensive line. I mean, you know, we're not, this isn't Seattle. I know that they won that game, but they would love to have this offensive line, I promise you. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, uh, to go back to the beginning of the show, I'm not hitting the panic button. Like, you can play and win games with this offensive line. Um, and, but it, and it kind of goes back to my point this could be a blank slate. Like, you built that offensive line to help prolong Tony Romo's career, right? Well, if you're getting a new quarterback, you can start this thing all over again. You can draft, you can sign free agents, you can do things to address it, but you have Tyron, Connor, Zach. Well, yeah, you have Tyron, Connor, and Zach under contract for the foreseeable future, and I think that's a start at least. I mean, I don't – it's concerning, but it's it's not time to hit the panic button. Yeah, I agree with that. The one thing I will say, though, is I do think that the way the Cowboys want to play, I think, and with what they have, the other pieces they have around – I think it's not going to be good enough for this offensive line to be pretty good. I think this offensive line is going to have but to be exceptional in order for them to be successful. In in 2018, yes, for these next 13 games, they got to get better. But this team could go in a completely new direction next right. year. Right, and we don't know that. I'm, I'm yeah. saying as, as far as the strategy that they've yes. kind of put out there, this is how we're going to play football. We're not going to worry about having a number one wide receiver. We're going to have complementary receivers. We're going to be focused on having a great running game. We're trying to build our defense to being a great defense. In order to do that well and to do that exceptionally, I mean, the offensive line is going to have to be exceptional, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in order to do that well, especially with the quarterback you has that looks like he's going to have to feel comfortable because it doesn't seem like he feels comfortable all the time. The blueprint they have put down for themselves with the way they've drafted the linemen and, and Zeke and all that, it's, it's not working right now. It's not working well enough, which that's a problem that we have to figure out in 2018, but... And again, this is all hypothetical, but draft a quarterback in the top 10, this offensive line's probably good enough to let him sling the rock around a little bit. So it, it could all change in the coming months, which we will see. Yeah. Nick, Nick, at this point, would you shuffle this offensive line? Are you are you at a point now where you're worried enough yeah. to where you would shuffle things around? Well, and while Dave was talking here, I, I thought Sorry. about the right tackle. <laughs> I, I thought about, I wondered if what they, what they viewed Connor Williams as a tackle. I know that they wanted him as a guard, and that was where the need was. But I wonder if they, how they projected him at tackle. I don't know about flipping them right now. Maybe Lyell back to guard. Maybe Cameron Fleming on the right side. You need Cameron Fleming, though, 
you're gonna with the, with Tyron the way he is. I think right now you might need you know need to hang on to that that spot right there. So I don't know. I I, I think it's something worth talking about. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's really the issue. I don't think I never liked Lyle as a guard. I thought he was pretty good as a tackle. I mean he's been pretty good, but I don't I don't really like him as a guard so much. But then again, Connor Williams was a tackle in college. Maybe he's better at right tackle. I. I, I, I pan, panic button again. Yeah, I, I, but I, 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 don't, I don't think you do it. Yet. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction. Lyle's got to play better. Tyron's got to play better. I think all things considered, I think Joe and Connor are holding up fairly well. Like, they are not sinking this offense, I do not think. Um, I think they both have moments where it's like – and that's the thing about an offensive lineman. This was, the, the, the to me, the narrative on Doug Free. You could have a pretty good game. You could have – Two or three bad plays, and Absolutely. two or three bad plays turned to sacks, and now everybody's like, he had a horrible game, right. right? And I think that's what's happening with Connor right now. He holds up pretty well most of the time. Like he gets, but inevitably, there's going to be yeah, there's going to be one or two, three times in the game, game. Yeah. where it's like, wow, he just got beat really bad, right? It's it's not bad enough that I'm trying to shuffle the line in week three, right? Week four now. That's just me. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow. We are going to uh, jump into Cowboys versus Lions. That'll be an interesting matchup. Not as uh, not the game that we thought it was going to be maybe a week ago, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll get into the uh, Cowboys, uh, sorry, the, the Lions offense versus the Cowboys defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!